Good morning, CHD. Welcome to Pediatric Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Paul. This is where we look at children's health challenges from a different perspective, one that includes critical thinking and where we bring you the honest truth. We're covering today the topic of fluoride. There's a landmark trial that's going on right now. After nearly four years of delay, a lawsuit seeking to compel the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, to prohibit water fluoridation in the United States due to its known toxic effects on children's developing brains. So that's ongoing right now. And we're going to do a deep dive into fluoride. You know, as a pediatrician, we promoted fluoride like crazy. I never felt good about it. I never did it for the most, for the most part. I think pediatricians are still doing this. We're bringing on a very special guest, Dr. Griffin Cole. Welcome, Dr. Griffin Cole. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I, I know you're a dentist by background, but I don't know exactly, you know, what training you had. I know you're involved with the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, but maybe uh, introduce yourself to our guests as far as, uh, you know, your training, what you do, and why you're interested in fluoride. It's an honor to be on the show with you, Dr. Paul. So thank you for having me. Uh, I practiced dentistry in Austin, Texas for 28 years. Uh, and all 28 years, I was a biologic dentist, which means I, you know, I chose not to work with certain materials, including fluoride and mercury and other materials. And so uh, I was just lucky to, to, to join a dentist who was already so forward thinking at that time. So fresh out of dental school, uh, I was indoctrinated uh, into the world of biologic dentistry. So I've been fighting fluoridation for, for almost 30 years now. So, Wow. So you are the kind of dentist that I encourage people to look for. Uh, that term biological dentist, uh, you guys seem to be the dentists who are aware of not just fluoride risks, but also the mercury amalgams, which are those silver fillings that so many people have in their mouths. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, uh, we've grown in number quite a bit over the years. Uh, back in 93, when I first started practicing, there was just a handful of us, but, uh, there's well over 1500 members now in this country and worldwide. And so, uh, it's growing and I'm glad it's time. Right. So um, bring me up to speed on where the American Dental Association is, because I, you know, I was a part of the American Academy of Pediatrics and they have held strong and firm to the fact that fluoride is one of the most important things we can give our children to reduce cavities. And I think the American Dental Association was on the same page. Is that true? That is true. I mean, nothing has changed, even with uh, all the science we've had over the past two decades have been very damning to water fluoridation, and uh, they still promote it very heavily. Yeah. I remember in training being reprimanded for forgetting to remind a patient that they need to make sure their child is getting the fluoride. So um, yeah, this has been going on for a very long time. Maybe since you've been aware of this issue for as long as you have, share with us the history. How did we how did we get here? When, when did we decide it was a good idea to put fluoride in, in the municipal water so that you, everybody has to drink it? You know, um, it's, a, it, it's a very sordid tale, so I'll just keep it very brief. But uh, 1945 is when Grand Rapids, Michigan uh, first added sodium fluoride to the water supply. And what's sad is they were supposed to do a 15-year study and look at this very carefully to say, to see, does fluoride added to the water actually help reduce decay? in children. And after just five years of trying to study, they said, we've got enough evidence, let's just do this. But the truth is they really didn't have the evidence. Uh, they were comparing to uh, 
another city called Muskegon. And there was very little difference. I mean, like 0.6%, less than one-tenth of one-tooth. So uh, it, they didn't do their, their true due diligence and, and use a true scientific method in their process. And so, you know, once this started rolling, then every city started adding it on. And, you know, it's important to, to, to actually note that 95% of the world doesn't fluoridate, only 5%. And of the 5%, which is about 11 countries, our country provides fluoridated water to more citizens than the rest of the world combined. Wow. Yeah, I think I read that uh, in the U.S. we have about 200 million people who are drinking fluoridated water. Um, basically, unless you're filtering it out, um, yeah. you are forced to drink it. I mean, we all drink tap water unless you're buying bottled water. Um, w actually, on that note, we like to be practical in this show. Do you have a suggestion if you are stuck in a spot that has fluoride in their water, what are the ways you can get it out of the water? So um, first and foremost, like you mentioned, if you can be uh, get, you know, some kind of maybe spring water or some kind of water that has nutrients. So we don't want to drink like reverse osmosis water or distilled because you've lost all the, the important nutrients that your body does need in water. But if you're unfortunately in a place that has fluoridation, which is um, most of the country, um, you can look into some water filters. You can start simply with maybe just some filters that you put on your tap or on your shower heads, like ProPure makes a really good product. Uh, if you can afford a whole house water system, uh, like there's one by Aquasana, I think is really good. That will capture the water that's coming from your city and, and, and clean it all out. So every outlet in your, um, in your house will be protected. Other than that, you just got to try to avoid as many sources as you can. I mean, obviously, I would recommend not buying any toothpaste that has fluoride. Um, please know that many juices and drinks and sodas uh, are made with fluoridated water, so you got to avoid those. It's, it's, it's more difficult than people realize, to be honest. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, I would think in the household context, most of your fluoride exposure is what you drink. Yes, for sure. Okay. And with regards to toothpaste, let's talk about that briefly. Is there a difference between the amount of fluoride exposure you're going to get by taking a fluoride supplement, for example, or drinking fluoridated water as compared to if you brush your teeth with fluoride and then rinse and spit? Yeah, very good question, Dr. Paul. Um, when you brush with it, that's topical application. And that's the one argument that maybe mainstream dentistry could make that if you topically apply fluoride, you might get somewhat of an anti-cariogenic, antibacterial effect. But if you're not swallowing it, then you're really not getting any kind of systemic exposure. Now, obviously with young children, you, you have to be careful and make sure that they don't swallow, or as I mentioned earlier, don't buy any fluoridated toothpaste at all. So yes, drinking it is the, is, is the argument, and that's why water fluoridation should not be around, especially after all the scientific evidence that we have now, with all the systemic disturbances it causes, there's really no reason at all to have it in our water supply. So brushing with it topically, every other ingestion, food, drinks, water, uh, it has a systemic effect, which we don't want. So before we leave topical, a lot of dentists will actually do a fluoride application that's supposed to be, I think it's way more concentrated, right? Yeah. And this is supposed to be very good at preventing cavities. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? No, I think it's very toxic. Uh, so any kind of fluoride varnish, which is what you're referring to, and there's even a new one called silver diamine fluoride, which is about 6% pure fluoride on a varnish that will literally make the surfaces that you apply it to turn black. 
it, it is unnecessary. There, there are other options. Iodine, just a swishing with iodine is much more effective than applying a fluoride varnish. Anybody has access to ozone therapy, ozone gas and ozonated water can actually do a much better job as well. So bottom line though, diet. If we're eating a diet, as you as we've already mentioned a couple times here, um, where we try to avoid things that contain fluoride, that's the ultimate way to do it. Okay, excellent. One more point before we leave the how we're getting exposed to fluoride issue. Uh, I understand there are schools that are actually giving fluoride tablets to the students. Is yeah. that your understanding? Yes, there are some that are still doing that, and that and that should be absolutely banned. Um, you know. Most people that are listening right now probably don't realize that fluoride supplements have never been approved by the FDA. So it's truly, if you if you look at this from a legal standpoint, it should be illegal for a dentist or anybody to prescribe fluoride supplements and for the pharmacy to actually fill that prescription. They've never been approved by the FDA. Wow. So it is, it is the FDA that's uh, on the hot seat, I believe, with this trial. Um I'm curious, you know, you've been following this literature and I, I know the National Toxicity Toxicology Program, NTP, released this thousand plus page systematic review. And I think they concluded 64 out of 72 studies showed a link between fluoride and lowered IQ. What are some of the other problems with ingesting fluoride systemically? So drinking it, eating it, swallowing it. You know, it's, it's linked to a lot of issues in our body. Um, first and foremost, it affects the thyroid. It'll beat iodine to the thyroid all day long. So people who ingest a lot of fluoride might have lower thyroid issues. Uh, it affects the pineal gland, which is where we produce melatonin and, and it controls our sleep and all that. It, it, it'll, it'll actually calcify your pineal gland over time. It affects the kidneys where we filter it. So, um, you know, that's just three organs that I've named. It, 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 it also affects every enzyme system in the body. So all of our bodily processes require enzyme activity and fluoride affects all of those. So, uh, you know, there, it's, 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 there's so many things that it does that are negative uh, for this one positive effect, which it has proven not to do. When you drink fluoride, you don't get the anti-decay effect that pro-fluoridationists claim we do. And that's been proven even back in the year 2000 in the Journal of the American Dental Association, our trade journal. There was an article by, by John Featherstone, a very reputable researcher who said that the only anti-cariogenic activity of fluoride is topical only. Other than this supposed benefit to reducing cavities, which it probably doesn't really do, does it have any other benefits to add fluoride to our, our body? None at all. And in fact, um, you know, it's not an essential nutrient at all. There is no bodily process that requires fluoride to happen. Nobody's going to die from a lack of fluoride. Uh, this is the one medicine, uh, Paul, that is added to our water supply without any informed consent. You know, when you add chlorine or other things like that to the water, that is to make the water palatable so we can drink it potable. Adding fluoride is adding medicine. And again, it's dose and dosage, right? I mean, there's a certain dose that they might put into the water supply, but how much we ingest is the dosage. And so you can't control that. So some people can get much more fluoride in their water supply than say somebody who drinks just a little bit each day. So yeah. it, 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 it just doesn't work. Yeah. So you bring up a very good point. Toxicity, toxins are dose dependent. 
when you have a chronic low level exposure, which drinking water, we all do this every day and we're encouraged to drink more generally, you're going to have this constant exposure and, and help me out with the, the science on this, but I believe there, the EPA set this limit, like you shouldn't exceed 0.7 milligrams per liter, but the studies are showing if you get over 1.5, you're going to have lowered IQ and neurotoxicity. Drink twice as much water and you're poisoning your brain. That's exactly right. And, and just to be clear too, there's at least 11 studies of those 64 that showed IQ effects at the level that's in drinking water, 0.7 parts per million. So it's not just the 1.5, but that is, you know, if the EPA is doing its job, they're supposed to regulate that and protect us from levels that are even close, anywhere near what is the effect that can cause issues like IQ problems or, or any kind of cognitive effects. So to me, this is a no-brainer as far as if I'm the judge ruling, there's been more than enough proof to show that water fluoridation is harmful to our children's brains. Yeah. I, I think on, the, on this margin of safety that, that the EPA has used for other toxins, yeah. generally it's like 20 times or more. They should be allowing like not 0.7, but 0.07 or 0.007. They are allowing a, a, a massive dose. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. This is the first time that they've ever said, we're going to go to the actual level that we have in the water. So unless we can prove on all the studies that at 0.7 parts per million, there's harm done, I think we're okay. And that's just not how they've ever handled it with any other substance in the past. All right. So your gut, why is the EPA continuing to support fluoride? What's, what's behind all this? It makes no sense. No, it doesn't. You know, I'm going to say that we have a very big waste problem issue. This is probably something that people don't touch on. Um, it's very important to know that the fluoride that is added to our water supply is not naturally occurring calcium fluoride. It's not even sodium fluoride that you might find in toothpaste. It is a waste product from the fertilizer industry called hydrofluorosilicic acid, more simply saying a silicofluoride, which again has never been approved by the FDA. So when fertilizer industry is making their fertilizer and aluminum companies as well, this HSA, this hydrofluorosilicic acid is a byproduct that is so harmful, Paul, that the EPA does not allow it to be placed in our landfills and it can't be vaporized in the air. So they require them to install these scrubbing stacks to catch it. But now we're still dealing with a waste uh, you know, issue. What do they do with the captured hydrofluorosilicic acid? Well, they put it in big tankers and they ship it to cities and they put it in our water supply. That's about as insane as it gets. I hope you understand now why it's so important to make sure you're not getting fluoride in your water. If you have fluoride water, filter it out for sure and uh, protect your kids' brains, their thyroid, their pineal gland. All There are so many negative health effects. Um, so... A dentist like you, a biological dentist, how do people find you? I mean, because we've got listeners all over the world and most, most of us just go to a regular dentist. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you could just do a search online to try to find a biological dentist in your area, but an easier way is probably to go to the organization that I belong to, which, as you mentioned, is the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. The website is iaomt.org, iaomt.org. And you can actually click at the top and say, find a dentist. And it'll list all the states, all the cities, and anybody that's in that area. And then you can contact them and, and pick the one that's best for you. Fantastic. 
Well, Griffin, uh, you've been so valuable to our listeners. You are uh, uh, just brilliant in your knowledge. And, and I like the fact that you've been doing this for so long. To our listeners, uh, what's, what's your key point that you want them to understand? Thank you, Paul. Well, you know, for, for my entire, all 30 years of my career, the one argument that I try to always make to people was there's no dose control. And this is what affects our children the most, right? I mean, if you're a pregnant mom, and you're drinking fluoridated water, you don't even know what you're doing because this crosses your placenta, it crosses the blood-brain barrier, it gets to your unborn child. And then when your child is born, now we're seeing these IQ problems, these cognitive defects. And, you know, there's been over 72 studies on this now. And as you mentioned, 64 that were looked at um, in this court case. And I feel like there is more than enough evidence to stop this practice that's been going on for like 78 years now. Just because it's been going on for a long time doesn't make it right. And we now have enough evidence to stop this. We, if, if a person wants to get fluoride, they can go buy fluoridated toothpaste. They can get it anywhere. You don't need to put it in our water supply. And when we're talking about our children's brains, I, I, I don't think there's any stronger argument to stop this yeah. right now. Well, Griffin, actually, I misspoke. I think I said FDA when I was supposed to say EPA with regards to this trial that's going on. Could you update our viewers on what's really going on with this trial? Yeah, I'd love to. So um, about seven years ago, uh, several advocacy groups, including um, Food and Water Watch, uh, Moms Against Fluoridation, and the Florida Action Network, filed a petition to the EPA to ask them to stop water fluoridation because there's enough evidence through the Toxic Substances Control Act uh, and all the science that's been done over the past decade to, to, to end water fluoridation, and they refused. So they filed a lawsuit in 2017. And that's been going on now for about seven years because the judge um, wanted to wait and get this report from the National Toxicology Program, NTP. And here's the sad thing. They came out with that report a couple years ago and the defendants, the EPA said, nah, we want to have it done again. So they did it a second time. Nah, we want to do it again. So a third time. And then its release was stopped for about a year by its own group, Health and Human Services, which is what runs the NTP. And so here you have your own, you know, your own agency in the government halting the release of this important report. So finally, the judge ordered basically a court subpoena to have that report released. And it came out. And of course, we all saw that there was plenty of information in this thousand plus page report that said that. They are seeing brain impairments in children and IQ deficits uh, at levels as low as 1.5 parts per million. And by the way, there were at least 11 studies that showed that at 0.7 parts per million, which is the current level that's in uh, all the water supplies in this country. So we're at a point now where the judge, I believe, is going to rule sometime this year, maybe in the next couple of months. And I just pray that we get the right ruling, which is to uh, end water fluoridation for good. Wow. It's just shocking to me that um, the experts who are supposed to be protecting us, in this case, the Environmental Protection Agency, sit on data that is so damning to the program because it's almost like the same problem we have with vaccines. Yeah. The program itself is more important than the people that they're supposed to protect. Yeah. Took, yeah. With fluoridation, why is that? I mean, you already told us that it's it's helping them get rid of waste, but... I mean, come on, there's got to be a better way to get rid of waste than putting it in our water. I totally agree. Listen, uh, you know, 
And as I mentioned, you know, 95% of the world doesn't fluoridate. So obviously we're not the only people making fertilizer and aluminum. So other people have figured out ways to do this. I, you know, Paul, I think it's one of those things like vaccines. It's been going on for so long. All the guys in the white coat say that we need this. And it's just so hard for them, I think, to finally eat crow and stop doing it. But again, when we're talking about children's brains, I don't know how they can sit back uh, with any good conscience and continue this process. It is a dated practice that has never worked and now is being proven to be very harmful. Right. So then I'm going to go ahead and ask you one other hard question. Uh, my own world, which I'm now retired, but pediatrics, I don't diagnose or treat anymore. I'm just here to share information. And thank you for all the information you've shared, by the way. But I'm frustrated with the pediatricians, my peers, that something as clear as harm from vaccines, which is very clear. What's your sense with your fellow dentists? Yeah, How, no, I, what's going no, on there? I'm in the same camp, Paul. Um, I think that's why I, I, I very carefully chose to be a biologic dentist early on, because at least I'm in a group of dentists that are like us, you know, very forward thinking. They look at the science. They don't just accept the status quo. But mainstream dentistry, I mean, I, you know, they're so far behind the times. I mean, as far as, you know, with, as you mentioned, mercury fillings are still being done to some degree in this country. Uh, we still promote fluoridation. Um, they're still doing, you know, they actually use nickel still in a lot of actual crowns and things. So, I mean, we, th there's just so many things that should be long gone and are still being done uh, in mainstream dentistry. So I'm with you on that. So during those 28 years or whatever that you were practicing and seeing children and you were not doing silver fillings, the, the mercury amalgam right. fillings, were you, and you were not recommending fluoride, correct? Correct. All right. So then mainstream thought would have it that you must have had your days just filled with drilling and filling because obviously you weren't protecting your patient's teeth. What, what was your experience with regards to drilling and filling and, and cavities and all of that? Quite the opposite. Um, I, I actually rarely saw rampant decay in children. I didn't, you know, I was so blessed to be in a practice, I think with patients who were very like-minded and, and searched out a dentist like myself, but they still had children and they still had children who indulged in sweets and candy at times and things like that. But because they had good sound diets and they had good principles and how they lived and ate, um, you just don't see that issue. I mean, decay is really a dying thing if we stick to the basic principles of diet. Um, home care is important, obviously. You know, you know, you brush and you floss. You do not need fluoride. You don't even need a fancy toothpaste. You can brush with baking soda and water, just something to strip the plaque off that accumulates daily. That's it. It's that simple. We don't need to add this medication to our water supply. Wow. So I'm a new parent coming into your office. I've got a, a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and I got a baby on the way. Um, give me your uh, elevator pitch on what I need to do to keep my kids' teeth healthy. You know, I would say what I've already been saying. I would say, well, so for your newborn that's coming in, I'd say, you know, until you see teeth, you don't have to clean anything, right? But once you start to see any teeth arrive, you can use just a warm washcloth and water. Uh, to wipe those teeth. And then as they get old enough to where you can actually use a brush, uh, I would recommend some kind of a toothpaste that has no fluoride, uh, no sodium lauryl sulfate. That's that bubbling agent because that can cause ulcerations in the mouth. I'd pick the most basic toothpaste you can get that is a healthy brand. And there's so many now, Paul. I mean, there used to be just a couple of years ago. Now there's probably over 25 on the market. 
um, and good diet, right? And and if you can breastfeed, that's the ultimate, right? Because you, you get all the good mom's nutrients into the baby's body. And so, um, and by the way, that brings up a very, a very interesting point. Uh, human breast milk has 0.004 parts per million of fluoride. So if you are bottle feeding a baby with tap water that's been fluoridated, that baby's getting 250 times the amount that a baby gets from mom's breast milk. Wow. So you think, yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, again, no brainer on that. And then how often do we need to come in and get x-rays and have you poke around and do all that stuff? You know, not as often as you think. Um, obviously, a first visit might be at year one. And, and, and it would just be a fun visit where we maybe count the teeth and make things seem fun. And they might get a basic cleaning at that time. And then we might see them a year later at age two. Now, after that, if you want to see a child or an adult, you know, twice a year, that's fine. Um, but you don't have to take x-rays every time, like the mainstream, you know, we're told in mainstream dentistry. Um, I, there's a lot of things that are done in overkill as I'm sure you had in your profession as well, Paul. So, yeah, well, this is good news, folks. Uh, we don't have to be afraid of our teeth falling out of our kids' mouths and rotting out of their mouths and run off and get a fluoride supplement or even a fluoride toothpaste. Um, breastfeed, good organic food and uh, whole food and stay away from the sugars and processed foods. That I think dentists would agree with that, right? They would have to. Yeah, sugars sugars and processed foods are not good for us. And uh, as this show has pointed out, at least make sure you are avoiding fluoride in all its forms and sources. Yeah. And it's challenging to do, as I mentioned. So I feel bad for people who have to struggle to do this. If we could just stop water fluoridation, that would solve everything for all populations, including the indigent are the ones that we're really fighting for because they don't have a choice to go buy spring water or get filters, you know, in their home. So if we could just stop adding it, just turn the spigot off. We're done. Good point. Let's all pray that this trial goes the way it's supposed to. and. Thank you, Griffin. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate the time.